<laughs> no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. We're doing Harlem Heat this week. My name is Dylan Gott. I'm Sister Sherry John Hastings. What's going on? Ooh, which Time Harlem Heat manager are you? That's a new quiz on Facebook. I'm a combination of Big T, the brief time they were managed by Asia, and Sister Sherry, because she always seemed like the kind of lady that she'd fuck you, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> fuck you into the ground. I'm Jacqueline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Were they managed by Jacqueline? They were managed by Jacqueline. They were managed by Clarence Mason. They were managed by... Uh, when were they managed by They Clar- were managed by Midnight. When were they managed by Clarence Mason? Mm, the Harlem Heat 2000. Oh, that is no. the greatest angle we'll be talking oh. Well, I guess we should get right into it. Guys, just... All right. The I, Huffman brothers, ladies and gentlemen, recently reunited to beat the Heavenly Bodies for the something, something, something tag titles. For the sad men that shouldn't be shirtless tag titles in a basement in Trenton, New Jersey. The yeah, with independent the, uh, Booker T won his own tag championships and then they retired. Yeah, Booker T, I think, forgot that briefly that he worked for the WWE mm. and his brother just needed some money so he could buy another little tricycle he could ride to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Man, the year 2000 WCW was bad for some people, but it was the worst for Booker T. Like, that guy should have been the champion that they pinned that company on. Well, he was the only person that was over. Oh, it's just, it's so fucking mental. We'll get into Booker T's solo career. When we do Booker T immediately after this Harlem Heat episode? All right, let's fucking board the Ebony Express. Oh, the Huffman Brothers. And head over to the stud stable. Oh, yeah, some studs in that stable. Dirty dick me, Slater. (laughs) Bunkhouse buck. Can I say... Dirty dick. I forgot... How fucking awesome it was to have a majorly well-produced southern wrestling company when I watched Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slate. Just Bunkhouse and Dirty are your nicknames. Yeah, And uh, and And he wears long johns. His whole character was long johns. He looks like... And he's wearing fucking hail-bailing gloves, and he does no moves, and he doesn't look like he showers. They were the greatest tag team ever. I loved when it was Buckhouse Bunk and Terry Funk because their fucking names rhymed and I was 11 years old and it was the greatest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen in my life. And they were led to the ring by Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. Um, and the thing about that guy is he was like the first heel manager I remember that like, because you go from WWF then you watch WCW and you really see the difference of like, this is for kids. That guy's gimmick is he's someone who would own slaves <laughs> which plays into how harlem heat was introduced oh no prisoners with shackles and i will say this when harlem heat they came in they they had the exact same theme song by the way they still had the exact same theme song which i believe okay i want to but it's something racially charged uh, <laughs> but um the thing with but the, when they debuted they were they de- they de- debuted as prisoners and this match was available on YouTube it's just I mean it's two jobbers but I don't know we went to prison at club med <laughs> what are you in here where are you in prison mr t i scratched a fella's eyes out other homophobic jokes exactly i, I dress nice here's the thing pussies this to be of course this begins harlem heat's reign of terrible attire I don't even know what you would call it. The singlet that really highlights their huge pecs. We're not even there yet because we first have to address the fact of Harlem Heat is they are the R2-D2 and C-3PO of terrible moments in wrestling because they are always in the fucking uh, orbit but are never 
the cause or the target. For example, very soon after, ah, I'm yawning a lot, their debut, they are put into a program being managed by Colonel Tom Parker or Robert Parker. I don't give a fuck. Either way. Um, and they're going into a war games with Sid and Van Vader. And who is the mystery partner that Sting and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith bring along? The Shockmaster. That's right. But it's after he fell over. So they still call him the Shockmaster. But it's essentially just Fred Ottman in in a fucking uh, in a safety hat. Yes, but... He's sh- dressed like Bunkhouse Buck plus a hat. Yeah, but the Harlem Heat were going... No. During Flair for Gold, when the Shockmaster debuted, there, if you watch the clip, mm-hmm. it's Sid Vicious Vader and then Harlem Heat are in the background, just like, like imagine that. Of think of over Harlem Heat's career, and that is within their fir- uh, uh, on the first moments of being on the on the second biggest stage of them all. On the uh, they're, well, we, they're part of the Shockmaster, and they're the only ones whose careers have survived. Yes. No. Uh, Shock, all right, Shockmaster, who else? Flair for the gold. Obviously, Ric Flair didn't have a turn down after that. He did, eventually. He does now. But they're both they're doing good. At some point, your career starts to suck. The Shockmaster thing was great. Obviously, everyone's seen it. E-Bombs World was founded off of that. <laughs> I don't understand. What the fuck happened with that? In terms of... Okay, let's... That's what happens. This is... Honestly, the early 90s WCW is, is what happens... When you hand a company to a guy who's probably been divorced five times, views women as the hated thing, and you go, make this for kids. Oh, so he's like... Because it was o- Oleander? Yeah, he's like, I don't yeah. know, put some fat fuck in a goddamn <laughs> football helmet and give him a rug to wear. Let me fucking tell you something. You know it's shocking when you come home and your fourth wife's taking it in the butt from the pool boy, and the pool boy's a woman. She was using my prize pool cue, which is the only thing I loved in that house. I used it to beat the dog. I beat dogs, by the way. I casually beat a dog now and then who... I wouldn't... Something you need to know about Ole Anderson. You know what Ole means in Norwegian? It means no blacks. (laughs) Talking to you, Colin Kane. Actually, our name's Booker T and Stevie Ray. Can we not be named after two characters from Roots? Blah, blah, blah. That's all (laughs) I'm hearing. Stand over there and let's see your bellies. All right. Back back to the creative meeting. (laughs) You're black, so you're a prisoner. Now, (laughs) I'm going to go pay a Chinese woman to piss on my dick. No erections. Don't get them. She's just going to piss. I told her, I told her to get drunk and drink a lot of coffee so it's fucking stinky. It's a stinky piss on my limp dick. You, you now dress like Little Richard. <laughs> you Little Richard, but Hello. you punch. Yeah, yeah, what happened to you? Someone just pissed on my dick. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I drink pee. I just, uh, we need a fourth person for the war games? Right. <laughs> Let me see what I have in my car. I've got a bearskin rug. If I cut off these two paw holes, which I've used to wipe my own asshole with, that's great. We have this stormtrooper helmet for that kid that he was going to wear on Halloween, that kid who claims to be my son. But I don't give my, none of my sons or boys. They're all girls because I'm a real man, which means no other dicks come out of my <laughs> dick. All right. T- tugboat. Put this on. 
Now we're gonna make sure you walk through this wall. We're not gonna test it and <laughs> begin. Why? Eve, all right. Well, I mean, let's not make fun of the shock. Let's not talk about the Shockmaster. Let's talk about. I don't think we even talked about the Shockmaster. Terrible. Because I was about to say something. Just go ahead and say it. Why would you? Do not edit yourself. Even if the Shockmaster went off without a hitch, it's still the dumbest thing. Yeah. It's the like, and keep in mind he is about to be facing. Um, he's gonna be the opponent of a man whose gimmick is he's. A mountain man from Colorado, a crazy person, and two black people who are hot. <laughs> and he's and on his team is a man from England who's strong, a Venice surfer, crazy man. Yeah, basically David Bowie that works out. Yeah, like he just did Bowie face paint. And listen, those characters are great though. Vader was the original monster. Like Vader was like the first ultimate fighter type character uh completely agree harlem heat a couple of innovations that no one talks about before we get to the uniforms because they had five like they had five legit great double team finishers completely and they did one thing that no one talks about which is when they came to the ring they were the first people i've ever seen instantly look down the barrel of the camera and tell you what's going to happen in the match yeah which i fucking love i hated during the attitude era slash late wcw when everyone was doing that along with everyone walking into the ring with a microphone and going cut my music because <laughs> it was just so fucking route but when they did it especially booker t and c because they would stand in front of the camera and be like here's what's gonna happen sucker here's what's gonna happen and like it was just there's something but it was incredibly they were fucking great it was oh they were fuck and you never thought of them being that like if you think about the teams that they had to work with they were doing all they literally it's public enemy yeah Stars and Stripes, the American Males. <laughs> high voltage. High, theme music alone, it's a goddamn abortion festival. Well, all right. But no, seriously, though. Steiners, whoever Colonel Robert Parker had. But the Steiners, they didn't really face that many times. That's true. They were a weird, they were a weird, like, the Harlem Heat should have been, like, I feel like, and I do feel like it's probably due to racism <laughs> that they weren't like the defining tag team from WCW because they were the only ones that stayed and they weren't really like rewarded. And they won 10 times. They yeah. were 10 time tag team champions. Cause they were always just there. They were like they the were Dudleys of WCW where it's like, they're great and they're just there. So you don't like really appreciate them. But honestly, like they're, they're always faces to me. Like I never saw no, them I as bad. I just liked watching them fucking work. They had a cool theme song. Cool theme song. They had fire pants, which were very becoming. Oh my god! Especially mid nineties, because mid nineties, we all forget this was the baggy jean. Is that man wearing a shirt that's got flame sleeves? They had the the breathing strips that were big in the nineties for athletes. They had what those the breathing strips who were great. They were great because it's just like we're like cool athletes, like. Deion Sanders would wear those. I remember this. They for were American also sports. one of the last athletes. Uh, they were one of the last wrestlers to wear sunglasses inside consistently. <laughs> oh, my God. When they had do-rags and those little, like, Elton John sunglasses, yeah, 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 it's yeah. just like, just let these guys dress like they normally dress. Yeah. Stop getting old white guys to tell these, like, cool black dudes how to dress. And Booker T had a great fade with a cool mustache. They looked like they looked super cool. And you could tell they were much cooler than everybody. It's just they dressed like dinks. Oh, God. They're and fucking... they had always had a manager for some reason. 
like you put Sherry with them. I'm like, I thought Sherry worked actually because again, that was at their the height of their heel thing. Their their heel thing that was the height of their heel run. That was before the NWO is when she was. They actually she weren't joined. heels. What? They actually weren't heels for a bit because Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. Well, that was the, the that g- was before. But that how they turned heel was sit down, Dylan, and time for a little thing I like to call WCW History Corner. Hey, it's WCW History Corner. We are owned by Ted Turner Standards and Practice. Well, Curly Robert Parker Legends. and her fucked a bunch. That's after. Fucking listen really? to me now. Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, retirement match. Ric Flair loses. Her, uh, his manager was sensuous Sherry Martell. She now has no one to represent. Harlem Heat is sort of this like tweener tag team, but kind of are still baby faces. She becomes their manager, walks down, and like scratches, I think, uh, like Marcus Alexander Bagwell's fucking uh, eyes. And uh, Harlem Heat turns uh, heel. Then it slowly built towards her and Robert Parker are like fucking. And that built over the course of a year to <laughs> yeah. a fall brawl during Harlem Heat's match with like two of his fucking doodle bobs. Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. They, uh, Harlem Heat, or uh, Robert fucking Robert Parker and fucking Sherry just make out. In the war games. In the war. other ring in the war games. Oh, fuck. Do I love when there was two And then he's rings. like, and then Booker T was like, why are you, make, why are you making out with him? <laughs> that was what he implication helped. being why are you making out with that white man keep yourself pure get the black duke <laughs> and it was also like they were the only ones that had the like look that i rem- was accustomed to as like a wwf fan so it was like you watch bunkhouse buck and, and dirty a dick fucking great point yeah they're the only ones that actually getting all this athletes. offense and i'm like this guy these guys was murder and then they're like oh booker t's the speed one and it was like but Booker T's also much bigger than Bunkhouse. Yeah. Like, why are these, like, losers? Like, they don't need help. Like, it was, I would always look at them and I'd be like, these guys don't need help to win. But they're also, in a weird way, every time they were, like, booked as baby faces, they were also, like, the first, like, they were kind of always, like, badasses. And it was, like, finally get to cheer for them because they would still fucking cheat and stuff. It's just they would have a point to cheat. I, I Like, during the NWO run, they were the ones who were like, oh, shit, it must be a war because Harlem Heat is now, like, fighting the NWO. But when did they fight? The, it was, and it was a great it thing. It was very rare that they fought the NWO. because No, I remember that consistently. I watched, like, three NWO Harlem Heat matches last night. Who? This was, like, this was like a year in. It was, like, 97. No, I know, but who were they actually fighting? The Hall a- and Waltman. Yeah, because the A program was always Hall Nash Steiner Brothers. Because that's because that was like the time period when they fucking the outsiders were just the tag team champions for two years. Yeah. And Harlem Heat was just kind of around, but like they didn't it's just fucking weird. But they always did um Yeah, well they were the B that's and they shouldn't have been the B plan. Like the, they're better than the Steiners. I mean that's what they're way better than the Steiners. <laughs> you can't. I mean, this is. I mean, this is what it is for me. At least when I re, when we do these and I and I rewatch these guys' career, I just get upset on their behalf. Like Harlem Heat was like, how can you have a better look than Stevie Ray and Booker T? I mean, Booker T obviously the star, just because he's be- he moved better in the ring. Yeah. And Stevie Ray is just kind of like. You no, know, Stevie Ray is what he is. He's a fucking mid '90s power guy. But they were, but he's still cool, and you still get this like Booker T gave off this vibe of like they gave the vibe they gave off is the vibe they obviously have. They, the vibe they gave off is like this is my older brother because Booker T comes down the ring all pumped up, and then Stevie Ray's just kind of slowly walking and then says one thing, whereas Booker's talking to the camera the whole time. 
They're just cool guys. They're absolutely cool guys. They were great. <laughs> They're absolutely cool guys. They were absolutely great guys. Other white things I could say. Cricket, crochet. Stevie Ray called into a wrestling nerd show I listened to one time and was like, just want to say great job, guys. And they were like, oh, thank you. Because it's like a wrestler calling in and he's a cool black man. This is more than I've ever thought would happen to me in my life. As a nerd, we call this a hat trick. <laughs> I got validation from a cool black man who's a thing I like. Um, so then what, of course, happens? Harlem Heat's fighting the NWO. All very exciting. Stevie Ray gets injured. He gets injured. Yes. And then what happens, Dylan? We see Booker T. Shine when he goes into a program with uh, Rick Martell. We will discuss Booker T. later on in another episode. And now let's segue to the greatest booking ever. Oh. The introduction of Big T. Yes. Who is Big T? Ahmed Johnson. He's he looks so fat. But I will say this. But he's my he, favorite type of fat. He looks he still he's a wrestler, so it's like, who cares? Yeah, he's the muscular fat. Like he has a six pack, but it's over top. It's like no, but it has that weird like I got a belly, but it's it's like ripply. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he went from like athlete to bouncer small town titty bar yeah yeah he went from like they ain't showing the pusses at this bar it's just titties he went from nfl player to nfl uh equipment coordinator show our bananas but you can fuck me for coke is that your impression of ahmed johnson that's my impression of where ahmed johnson works now yeah here's some acting credits ahmed johnson has though (laughs) did you know he's an actor i did 1993 He was in Walker, Texas Ranger, and 2001, he played Suge Knight in the MC Hammer story. Do you know what the MC Hammer story is? Because I think it should... It's a great movie. The MC Hammer story should be the audio... Like, we should just dub... We should just take this out and just have the audio of the MC Hammer story with Tony Norris. What I like is that as soon as I brought up... (laughs) Why are you taking... I'm I'm bringing up my Harlem Heat. Why are you taking out your dick? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm hungover. As soon as I brought up Harlem Heat 2000, you literally just stopped talking. Like you had so much Harlem Heat energy, <laughs> and it it was then it, it was like the part of their theme song where it just goes. I for, like when I watched WCW 99 in 2000. I think what I'm also discovering from doing this podcast is what I remember from that show is the good stuff. Like I erased a lot of yeah. I erased like oh, we'll talk about that uh, in another episode, but I completely forgot that they had Booker T at this point. I think was the cha- had already been the champion. Had he already been the champion by the time of this feud? Or no, this is. But they're putting him up the card like they're elevating him because this is after the best of seven with Benoit. Um, he's the U.S. champ, and then they do this thing where Clarence Mason again, not his WCW name, but who cares? Clarence Mason. Harlem Heat Incorporated say that they own the rights to the theme song. So Big T comes out to the Harlem Heat theme, and I think it's, I think this is, no, it's not Fall Brawl. But in the blow off match, he comes out to the Harlem Heat All theme. All right, I've got And I've Booker T comes out to like ice cream truck music. Mm. And the crowd is so fucking dead, and Booker's trying to get them into it, which he does at some points. But he's like, like, what did Booker do? And and then they, of course, uh, Harlem Heat wins. 
Harlem Heat 2000 is is the real deal, and Stevie Ray can't be the workhorse of a tag team. I mean, I understand why they did it, and it's cool that like Stevie Ray, they kind of finally gave him the chance to do all the promos and stuff. Mm. But I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand the whole 2000 thing because they would have that. That would that was a very new millennium thing that I think. The kids today will miss out on is just attaching the w- number oh, two thousand to things. It was fucking the whole thing It'll make up. Well, a couple of things that you're missing out on in terms of context. This was right before they literally rebooted WCW. So they yeah. are so fucked in terms of storylines and stuff like that. That um, basically within a week after this pay per view, everything is scrapped. So that that's why it also kind of all is like, what the fuck? Which is the dumbest fucking thing. Oh my god, it's so stupid. So basically, they've done the setup, which again, it could have been kind of interesting in the idea of it's like, okay, we own the rights to Harlem Heat. Stevie Ray and Booker T are no longer like together. One of them's gonna get it, even though it's just a rehashing of what they've done with DX literally a year before in fucking WWE. And that had also been boring because no wrestling fan is like, they're fighting over business contracts. That's logical. (laughs) And also the fact that why the fuck isn't it Booker T versus Stevie Ray? Instead, it's Booker T versus Big T. And one of the things that you also forgot. Well, I understand that. No, 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 no. No, because that's the whole tease. That's the whole tease of, oh, he's going to get to Stevie Ray. He's got to beat Big T. And then he's going to get to Stevie Ray. And then they introduce... Who's the fucking guy? They're like, Stevie Ray is just like, it's my favorite thing. Well, because Harlem... And it's actually funny because they did it with, they did it with, um, what do you call that? Uh, they did, they just did it with the UFC actually, with, no, Bellator just did this, which is another MMA organization. When you do a reveal of a guy, but it's nobody. Yeah. It's Cash. Yeah. Who's like this big indie worker, huge guy, but it's like, the crowd's supposed to be like, oh... No, no, it's he like, was not a big indie worker at all. All he is is he's full. He was just one of the members of the No Limit Soldiers from that summer. They were all getting <laughs> paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they were like, "You get in the ring." What well, I liked this other thing we were doing, where I just didn't do anything. Not anymore. Oh yeah, cat. Oh yeah, because that's what Big T was in the No Limit Soldiers. He was four by four. No, Wasn't no, he? Cash. Was oh, four Cass by was four. four by four. Big T was, I think, wrestling. <laughs> oh man. Powerbomb he hits Booker with in his like in his first in his WCW debut looks so painful. Also, is it big Booker lands only on his hip? Is that when also Ahmed Johnson was constantly wearing silver sparkly T-shirts? I just remember a lot of times. <laughs> oh yeah, I one thing that's not on the internet. The only thing the internet is missing, and I can't complain about the internet because it is the fucking greatest thing in the world someone when you hear this please if you could at dylan god on at dylan god on d-y-l-a-n-g-o-t-z if you can find a big t promo please send it to me i looked for half an hour and i couldn't find one and i didn't want to go well i there's episodes of thunder that are on youtube but i mean i couldn't find them i would have had to search through thunder maybe hoping maybe there's a big t promo because i remember laughing so fucking hard like i love wcw near the end of the near the end 2000 because it was nuts i went down with that ship like you wouldn't believe i watched rick steiner and shane douglas have a match where shane douglas went for a drop toe hold and then they both fell forward away from each other and then they just looked at each other, exchanging a look that basically says, well, we're not good at this anymore. 
We also have to remember that there was no wellness policy. They're all on guaranteed money. They had a giant roster. I fucking... Uh, I just want to say, this is not about Harlem Heat, this is not about... This is about wrestling in general. I fucking hate how everyone's like, ugh, guaranteed money. It'll be the death of you. What are you talking about? Guaranteed money should be, of course, a thing. I These guys take neck bumps. Masawa, <laughs> Masawa died from a backdrop in the ring. I'm assuming his last words were like, Get the check. It's all done now. Like, he literally had to, like, you get, from going to indie shows, I go up, I walk, sometimes I walk up to a wrestler, I'm like, if I pat this guy on the shoulder too hard, he's just going to fall apart like Jenga and die. Guaranteed money is a great idea. I agree with you. People should just take time off. Kevin Nash got guaranteed money for fucking how many years in WCW? The dude... Our buddy Rob tried to, this is real, he tried to hire him to do stand-up comedy. He cannot do stand-up comedy because he cannot stand up for more than like 15 minutes at a time. He had to, he would sit down. He has to sit down because his legs are that fucked. And that guy was on guaranteed money. Uh, Wrestling is very hard. I am with you on the Like me right now. I'm with you on the guaranteed money. (laughs) Because I thought about Jacqueline. Uh... I'm with you on the fact that they should just get paid a salary as opposed to what they were doing in the WWF until the late 90s, which was you got a percentage of the door. <laughs> they're on do- They're on like a shitty stand-up comedian gig. Yeah, you're on a fucking door split with Vince McMahon. There was one of the great... Uh, there was a, there's a famous court case where Jim Cornette got taken to tax court, and you can look at the transcript of him trying to explain actually how they determine what each wrestler gets paid. And it like it literally doesn't make any fucking sense. And the judge is just like, "What?" Yeah, but he gets away with it because he's like, "All that money is technically accounted for." And they're like, "Now, if the wrestler does owe us for our gas fee and our front loader fee, well, then that will be deducted off of his salary in the forthcoming trimester. He is three fourths of a gentleman. I'm gonna kiss his dick. Like it's fucking. Oh, uh, how do we pay him? Well, if we don't have enough money, he basically gets to fuck my wife, and then my wife's pussy is the payment. My wife's had sex with a lot of tired men. <laughs> but what I'm saying about WCW is more the problem was that there's no wellness policy. There was no structure to it. Because in the end, they, they are fucking... They need to have some sort of goal to move forward. They all knew that they were fucked. If you're going out there and you're Booker T and you're the literally the only person that was over in the company, starting with that Rick Martell best of seven run that was so was fucking... Was that another one? The first one was Rick Martell and Booker oh, T. Oh, and then uh, Benoit. And then Benoit, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Benoit one was... I mean, I know that guy killed his kids, but that guy could work. He really was good at wrestling. <laughs> he what was as good at wrestling you watch as a, terrible his death was. Hey, well, at least he killed himself after. He didn't run away. I agree. He did own up to it and went to go meet his maker. <laughs> to be fair, he owned up to it. Also, just every move was so good. A couple of things you need to know about Chris Benoit. One, his matches were great. Another, one of the reasons they were great also led to him having the brain of an 80-year-old. <laughs> and he murdered his fucking family. All all moves involved in his head. Well, because the thing that you... Like, you watch those best of seven matches. And, like, most of the people, you're taking the spinning heel kick. And you're putting your arms up. You're like, you know what? You're not fucking going at full bore. I remember watching one. I think it was on Thunder. Where Booker T does, like, the surprise version of it. And it literally just, he just takes it on his, he's just like, you can see they're in the fucking lockup and he's like, all right, throw me the ropes and then kick me in the fucking face as hard as you can. Japanese style, right? Like that's how we learned. And WCW, for all their bad qualities, was way more supportive of different types of wrestling because they didn't come in 
Like, you know, it's not Vince McMahon. He didn't come in with the style of wrestling that his family had that had been successful for his since his childhood, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it was like Bischoff and whoever was was just like, well, just how does that guy wrestle? Fine. Like, yeah. What do you do? A plancha? No, thank you. <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah. Oh, what was it? The old McMahon story where he's like, Mil Mascaris is in our company. Unmask Mascaris. And he's like, no, this has been in my family. He's like, oh, your family. Your stupid, dirty taco family. <laughs> oh, my God. Take your goddamn mask off. I'm going to fuck your hairy pussy wife. How about that? <laughs> wife's got a hairy pussy. I think every time uh, I do any impression of anything, it basically turns into fuck my wife. <laughs> That's what I'm laughing at. Oh, I'm a milkman. I'm a milkman. <laughs> fuck my wife. <laughs> fuck my wife while I watch. It's also that for some reason, Mil Mascaris had an accent, but it wasn't Spanish. Your Mil Mas- your Vince McMahon had more of a Latino twinge than Mil Mascaris. Well, because you can't. All right, when you here's the, this is behind the curtains. I just feel weird being the be- like the beef curtains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I'm Rosie O'Donnell. That's a fat woman. Fat women are bad. <laughs> fat men are okay because of genders stuff. Um. It is funny how every oh, woman's wrestler, e- every woman's rather le- wrestler ever, it's like, Bam Bam Bigelow, look at him. Look at him, just a fat guy. He's so strong. And then a women's wrestler, just look at her. She's fat. She's a whore. <laughs> She's a stupid whore. Fall down whore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a mud match. She's in the mud, and she's against cake. Yeah, eat all the cake. Fat, 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 fat. <laughs> what does this have to do with Harlem Heat? Um, tell you what it has to do with. At least they. At least Vince Russo didn't get that far into it <laughs> with Harlem Heat. Like, your manager's a fat chick, and you come on her. <laughs> that's your new. That's your new thing. All right. So then Harlem Heat. Oh God, we got very on topic for this one. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Another thing, like I said, five good finishing moves. They had the fucking, uh, they had the heat, the heat seeker, heat bomb. They had a really cool version of the uh, heart attack. Yeah, yeah. My where, turn. where, uh, yeah, it was just basically hold him up for a scissor kick. Mm. They had that heat bomb. Like they had really, really good moves. And this is also from a time when tag teams had signature tag team moves like you would have the three double team moves the um the new age laws cool move which was go back to the locker room and do oxy cotton they actually had a cool finisher i really liked where it was the pump handle where basically road dog would put him in a pump handle and then uh billy gunn would just do the famouser yeah but since he had him in the pump handle the guy would just like plant his like just basically hit his forehead it was the only move in Wrestling that wasn't like, oh, I flop and here's my hands and the hands hit the mat too. Yeah. Just literally like, he's done, you know. Um, they all had really good moves. I mean, Booker T was obviously because Stevie Ray was just basically say, punches, punches, why punches. The fuck are you shouting? Punches, punches, because <laughs> I'm talking about Booker T and Stevie Ray. Okay, I'm just saying. I shout over people that aren't in the room. <laughs> Because I, when you're talking about wrestling, uh, you, usually I'm yelling over someone. Are you shouting over the Midnight and Clarence Mason <laughs> that live in your head? <laughs> was Midnight the other very jacked female I f- manager? I think she was. That's who I was looking up while uh, you were talking. And then I was like, Jesus Christ, why is it so loud in here? And I was like, oh, yeah, Dylan's <laughs> talking about black wrestlers. So things are going to get voluminous. <laughs> but that's... Uh, the only thing you can really there is left to say is they should have been booked 
I mean, I don't want to talk about that. There's they're, a lot. There's a, they were great characters, and they weren't utilized uh, to the maximum they should have been. Booker T was a great. Uh, I mean, book, Booker T. Them moving him into the singles was obviously good. Stevie Ray kind of gets out of the business, but I still think. I mean, I still think Harlem Heat would have worked even if you gave him a Fed run. I think they would not have worked that well in the FUD. The FUD, fuck. In I the think Fed. they would have worked really well. If you bring in... What what era of the Fed, though? Are you talking, like, equal era going in to the Attitude Era? No, not in the Attitude Era, no. Because they need to be... What it all stems from is it's the ultimate white dudes writing for, like, black guys, other... Yeah. No, not even black guys, just anyone mm. who's not a white dude. If they were in the Attitude Era, I like do. I don't really want to think. Like they would have oh. just been drug dealers. They would have been aligned with the Godfather. First of all, the fact you think they would have jobbed out to like the New Age Outlaws for like a year straight. The fact that you think that they would have been drug dealers. Like I guarantee, if they were the New Age Outlaws, it would have been way worse. They would have been. They would have been the Billy and Chuck, and they would have been brothers, and they would have been shot by a police officer. <laughs> like, the thing that you have to remember is as stupid WCW was. The WWF was just as bad. It just had way better things as well. So it counterbalanced. So it would be like, Mae Young gave birth to a hand. Oh, but don't worry. Steve Austin just drove a fucking beer truck to the ring. <laughs> well, so Harlem, Yeah, they had Stone Cold Steve Austin. They had Stone Cold. They had The Rock. So they had like people who were like saving the show. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, like WCW is harmless bad. Like that's just goofy. Like the fighting over the theme song is goofy. Mm-hmm. And the match being terrible because one of the guys can't fucking work because he's a fat <laughs> fuck. Uh, the thing we also forgot is Stevie Ray very briefly joined the NWO and had the worst ring outfit ever, which was a uh, black and white stripey version of the Harlem Heat oh, costume yeah. with giant NWO letters on his butt. Yeah, and he would drive a he would ride a, a BMX bicycle to the ring. And they remember they had those gloves. Yeah, describe the gloves. Do you want? Where it was, they think he had. Like they had fingers. long satin gloves mm-hmm. with the uh, the fingers cut off. Yeah, um, Booker T would wear like Booker T was actually like he must have just picked his own attire because Gar- Stevie Ray just seems like a guy who said yes to everything. But Booker T would wear like pretty much like athletic gloves. Yeah, he would like, wear uh, mechanics wide- gloves. It was that weird time when wrestlers would wear gloves all the time. Well. Booker T would wear like wide receiver gloves, yeah. and then uh, and then he had nose strip and stuff, so it just made him look like, oh, this guy's a serious athlete. And then Stevie Ray was like, I'm wearing nipple clamps yeah. and weird boots. Uh, yes, can you bedazzle these cowboy boots? I'm gonna wear them as hats. They are. They are. Harlem Heat is, I think, the number one. Now that I think of it, the number one example of ring attire kind of like cutting the legs out of somebody. Oh my God, absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say once we got to the ring attire and seeing as how we have a lot of time left, let's use it talking about the ring attire. What the fuck? They were essentially wearing fuck me tops. <laughs> if they were they were, wearing, they were legit s- strippers. They were, they were wearing legit S&M gear for a lot of it. Yeah, and also, like, if you think about what the gimmick is, is that there's supposed to be two tough black dudes from Harlem. Dylan is excitedly eating oatmeal, and they didn't, ju- like, again, they could have just dressed them in athletic trunks. That's all you kind of needed athletic to do. Athletic trunks. Go fuck your mother. No, man. Fire pants. Fire pants. Fire One pants. One guy wears wide receiver gloves. Sick. Fire pants. And the other fire guy boots. wears, I don't know, n- no gloves. 
Yeah. You like the fire pants? Booker's the athletic one. So he's the one with the ire, with the, the wide receiver gloves. And then uh, Stevie Ray, not wearing any gloves because they always kind of sold the fact that it's like Booker's a trained wrestler. Like he's the wrestler and yeah, Stevie yeah, Ray yeah. just knows how to fight. He just beats the shit out of people. Yeah, even though he's like, what? He was bigger than Booker, but he wasn't that much bigger. They're both fucking massive human beings. Like, I just looked at their height when I was looking at uh, them on Wikipedia, and it's like, what in the mother of God? Well, that's from the era when speed wrestlers were 6'2", 240. Yeah, it's, okay, so yeah. Um, Stevie Ray's 6'5", Booker's like Dean 6'3". Ambrose, if you... If Dean Ambrose walks down the aisle in 1999, people just think that child is lost. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Is that guy going to be wrestling Chaz? <laughs> Walking to the ring. Harvey Whippleman's son, I assume? Ladies and gentlemen, come to the ring now. It's a guy who will be given the title at Survivor Series because they've ran out of ideas. It's Dean Ambrose. Anyway, so, um, of course, Harlem Heat kind of just sort of fades into the sunset. Stevie Ray Vaughan goes on to be a... Stevie con- Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Did you not know they're the same guy? <laughs> That's what happened to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, man. The fucking helicopter went through a fucking different time portal, right? And he merged with the black bass player that was in Eric Clapton's band that was also in the helicopter. Slapjack. Flapjack. I guess we could talk about Stevie Ray's solo career then. We're going to talk about Stevie Ray's solo Flapjack, career. Flapjack. Weird pants. No one loves me. Uh, commentator. I'm terrible. We, yeah, being the worst commentator in the history of WWE. Even compared to Mark Madden. I was about to say, that and the people he's going up against. Mark Madden. Dagger Lee Marshall. Remember that fucking guy? The fuck was that? Lee Lee Marshall. I remember Lee Marshall. But his nickname was Stagger or something. Like it was literally because like, that's basically them being like, he's a viciously, he's an alcoholic. The man's addicted to alcohol. Yeah, he doesn't know how to walk. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, his yeah, you know, he was Stagger Lee Mar. What the fuck? Fuck you, WCW. Okay, the WCW announced team are, includes the following. Dusty Rhodes, a man with a lisp who sounded like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Why? Why would you say that about Dusty? That's true, though. He was a great wrestling mind, but he talked like this. Let me tell you, Tony, what's going to happen now is that this man is coming to the ring. He was one of those wrestlers that you don't understand how they've been in wrestling for so long and cannot talk about it eloquently whatsoever. Say clothesline, Dusty. I know you can. I know you can't, but he fucking can't. <laughs> and Stevie Ray Vaughan is the same way. Watching him on Saturday night, I remember once the doors opened and he just went, ha ha, Saturday night. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing that we all forget about 90s wrestlers, which I do miss, is the needless fake laughter of wrestlers when they had nothing to say. For example, if you... Ha 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 heels, heels always laughing at the end of their promos. Yeah. I'm going to take you out, macho man, and not to dinner. <laughs> The most, the best example of that is you can see. I think it's the Warlord at WrestleMania Seven. Just says to he's doing a promo the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith, and this, I have it committed to memory. The full Nelson is unbreakable, and you are no exception to that rule. <laughs> <laughs> to that rule. <laughs> it's almost my favorite promo. I mean, 80s promos are great, but the late 90s ECW, when they were oh. just like, hey, steroid, cokehead, you can swear. But Mike <laughs> Awesome was just like, Spike Dudley, I'm going to power bomb you through a table, and I'm going to rape your mom. I'm going <laughs> to fuck your mom, and her bloody pussy's going to die. I'm going to rip her pussy off and eat it. <laughs> Next on TNN. <laughs> I just want to point out that even... Rhino! <laughs> right? Now it's Rhino. This is a legit... 
There's, I knew you. I thought you were going to do knew, a promo. I will probably. Uh, this is, by the way, kicking the shit out of you, Sandman, feels really good. It even feels better than when Jasmine's sucking my cock. <laughs> and I like it when Jasmine sucks my cock. But I like beating the shit out of you and your wife just a bit more. That's a Rhino promo. I know. From when he was like, oh my god, Sandman's down. Now Rhino's killing his wife with a knife. Why, <laughs> Rhino? New Jack's coming to the ring. He's stabbing his wife too. Oh, ECW is the greatest. Here's what I was just thinking. Okay, first of all, can you explain what the Slapjack was? It was a flapjack. The slapjack was basically Goldust's first finishing move. Yeah, it was the curtain call. Yeah. Yeah, it was the lifting reverse DDT. Mm-hmm. But the slapjack from... The flapjack was just... It's like a thing you see in mob movies. It's like a... It's a, it's a black thing that's weighted at the end, and you hit people in the back of the head. But Stevie Ray... But it just looked bad, and wrestlers are bad at... I just always thought it looked like a clapper. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it looked like a yeah, thing... Yeah, it doesn't... No, what it... It looked, for me, I mean, it looked like the insole for my grandfather's shoe. <laughs> and then he would hit people with it, but my fucking the thing I always hated was no one fell forward. He would hit them from behind, then the person would be hit in the back of the head, and then they would fall back. It's like, that's not how it works. That's not how gravity hit, works, you dumb fuck. You dipshit sexy baby. Um, and he, of course, was the uh, leader of NWO. Hollywood after Hulk Hogan left. He was the leader? He was the leader after Scott Steiner <laughs> got injured briefly. He was the second leader. Because they ran out of people. Because literally this was again this was the tail end when WCW was still fucking so hot, but literally made no sense. So Sting and Lex Luger who it's no, been, wrestling was hot. WCW was just like, All right, well we'll we'll be part of this. Like it's just fucking ter like oh god, so bad. So yeah, he joined the NWO after Booker T was doing that great, that first great um, single run. He joined the NWO, and then finally after that, um, the NWO like went bye bye because they all became that NWO fucking red and black and white, like they reemerged. And the LWO. We can't even mention the LWO because we're not ugh, just there's. Uh, I fucking love the LWO. Like the time that Eddie Guerrero. Um, uh, accused uh, everyone of stealing his wallet, so we got to see all the masked wrestlers without their masks and just talked about how ugly they were on television. <laughs> Yore, I see your face, puppy. <laughs> I just remember that being... And I, I remember watching, that was the first time I'm like, I don't think this is how Eddie Guerrero speaks at home. I think someone has uh, told him to do this. Don't take out your dick. Eddie, I just watched a PSA on drugs and this Mexican fellow was dealing them. Act like the Mexican fellow. All right. <laughs> So, Stevie Ray, solo career, pretty... I actually don't understand why why they didn't do a Harlem Heat reunion at some point in the Fed. Just bring him back one time. Because people would get fucking... Because they sad. don't... Because Harlem Heat is a WCW tag team. Like, Vince I doesn't know. want that... Anything that's not... He is specific creation. I understand. That pop would... A part of him inside would die. Harlem Heat would have been great in the Fed. Would have been been amazing. Dudley, uh, the Harlem Heat Dudley Boys match, which was briefly mentioned, and we'll end on this, I guess. Do you have anything else you want to say about Harlem Heat? Oh, no, we have to do uh, best and worst. No, I know, but that's what we'll segue into this after yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, Harlem Heat Dudleys. Harlem Heat Dudleys, which was briefly talked about for being. <laughs> Stop it! Stop fingering your belly button while I'm making a point. I can't think. I'm getting. All the blood's rushing to my dick. It's rushing uh, to my uh, dick. Uh, uh. 
I'm fingering, I'm fingering, I'm fingering my butt. Anyway. Um, it's real gross in come there. Come on me. So, um, let's come. Uh, <laughs> we're going to come on each other. Ooh, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come. I'm coming. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you know, people have to listen to this. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> They don't have to. I mean, <laughs> please, no, you have to. Please <laughs> listen. I don't know if this is example of... I don't know what this is example of, but all the matches I watched where Bobby Heenan was on commentary, Bobby Heenan really liked Harlem Heat and really, really helped... Uh, Put them over. Legitimize them. He was so good. Yeah, he was an amazing commentator. That was the other thing that people... I was going to get to. WCW did have some amazing commentators in Tony Schiavone, Bonnie Heenan. That was amazing. Just before we go to the point, they were originally going to do a dream match, Harlem Heat, Dudley Boys, which was rumored for WrestleMania 32, but how fucking awesome would it be to watch those four old men pretend like they could still do it um, last time? What? Pretend it? The Dudleys are... Yeah, but you just don't put Steve... Uh, I wouldn't say that Booker is... I mean, no one's as athletically gifted as they once were when they were younger, obviously. I mean, it's been like 20 years. But I, I, I just but think Booker's that... still good, and the Dudleys are great, and... You know, Stevie Ray was never good to begin with. That's true. Basically, if Stevie Ray can maintain that, like, <laughs> better than crush, <laughs> but worse than a good wrestler work rate, then it'd be a good man. Like, Harlem Heat, the thing was, it only came out once Booker had a solo career, just how much match-wise Stevie Ray was kind of holding him back. Are just straight baby faces because mm. they were always tweeners when they were whenever they would like 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 I said when they faced the NWO they would still cheat and it would be like they would still cheat and uh and whatever and a very interesting thing they were facing the NWO and Nash was doing the fake injury uh it was which time was it the knee one yeah in the wheelchair and uh, Heenan goes on and on about how like Harlem Heat dominates the match the whole time. And then Heenan just keeps talking about how hard it is as a tag team to wrestle without a manager when you've always had a manager mm. and uh, that advantage. And it's just a really, really good job of on commentary. And basically what you get from the commentary is Harlem Heat lost this match because the Outsiders cheated, but they're, be- they're just better than the Outsiders. The Outsiders have nothing on these guys. The only reason... The only reason that the Outsiders won is because Harlem Heat needs to evolve a very subtle part of how they're a tag team and then like about six months later booker starts his solo career but it's just like this little thought that gets put in your head that was very 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 good and just for the evolution of the tag team which i mean they were they already been a team for eight years at that point um and you couldn't make them go to the fed because they needed they need to be thing on the show almost just because that's they hinged on being like no one's going too far no one's swearing it was just like they were they're just cool like they're cool black guys who wore fire on their pants in a company where everyone was so white and it made it sense to have them feud with the nwo too because the nwo kind of like acted like they were thugs and i saw this shoot interview with nash where he's basically like yeah we were like we were like the blackest thing on television at that point, on, on wrestling at that point. Oh, yeah. I've seen that shoot interview. And it's just like, aren't you forgetting the two black guys? Yeah. yeah. Who, even though they're dressed in like fire pants S&M gear, still give off the vibe of like, these guys are cool. Let's be friends. Yeah. They, you, uh, and one of the most underrated themes of all time. Oh, my God. The most underrated theme song of all time. And also, probably, the we all we haven't even touched on 
a moment that Harlem Heat gave us that will live in infamy. Let's not forget what Booker T did one day. That is that your best thing about Harlem Heat? No. Best thing about Harlem Heat was their their uh, matchability. I would say that's the worst thing about Harlem Heat because that's sort of what they're known for, and it's like a shitty mistake he made on live television. I don't think it's a mistake. It was definitely a mistake. No, I mean, all right, it was a mistake on his part. Yeah, but that's it means he was given a good fucking interview. He got too into it. I I I see what you're saying, but it also it just the best part of it is afterwards where he's just holding his hands, just like. Ah, f- I know he can't roll with it. And yeah. He'd be like, yeah, I said that or whatever. But I love Mean Gene just being like, all right, you said that. <laughs> he just no-sells it so good. Yeah, and, but, and this is Mean Gene, a man who on a pay-per-view once just yelled, fuck it. <laughs> and another and another time to said, just put that cigarette out. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the rest of the review. Now Thank you very to- much for listening to all of it. Now listen to our outro. What another stellar episode we've done. Right, Dylan? Yes. No meandering whatsoever. No. Very much on point. Now, let's get back to the important business at hand. You want to read about us, you can go to our website, which is... Angelfire.therestlerreview.com. Real. That's a real thing. Go sign our guest book. We have a weather page. You can see what the weather's like <laughs> in one city. Which city? London. Good. And then you can follow us on Twitter at the John Hastings at Dylan Gott D Y L A N G O double F that T, and we're gonna create one for the show called the Wrestler Review. We already have. I for- always forget that we have that Twitter account already. Follow the show on Twitter at the Wrestler Review. We'll retweet the thing, so just follow us. It's all nebulous. Anyway, I love all of you. I love you as people and as lovers. We are all one. We are Ouroboros. We are a human centipede. This stings too long.